Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to season four of Parent Talk, where we strive to parent authentically and continue to grow alongside our children. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, mom of two. We are broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area and are proud to provide the most up-to-date expert information for today's parent. Our goal is to inspire you to become a more confident, peaceful, connected, and authentic parent. I'm, of course, with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hi, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk and also a mom of two. We all know that parenting is a journey and one that shouldn't be taken alone. Being the best parent we can be means listening, learning, and sometimes asking for help. Our community will bring you strength and support along the way from pregnancy to puberty and beyond. Thank you, Heather. Today we're talking about homeschooling 101, a hot topic right now. <laughs> and we are happy to have with us Tamara Strijak. Tamara is a registered clinical counselor, faculty member at the Newfeld Institute, and a mom of two. So welcome, Tamara. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Yes, we're really lucky to have you. So let's, well, let's dive in. So many parents are feeling very overwhelmed these days at the thought of homeschooling. I know it already has started, but we thought it's very important to talk about it. I think some people may have a little bit of surprises with all these new tasks. So what are some ways parents can feel better prepared and more confident in their undertaking this new challenge? Yeah, I think there's this, uh, this idea that we actually have to know everything and we have to have it all together and we have to be able to teach everything. I remember when I first um, was thinking about homeschooling my, my oldest daughter and I thought, well, how am I going to do that? She was only five at the time. And, and I thought, well, how, I don't know how to teach her how to read and how to do numbers. And, and then it was because I was thinking that there's a certain way of doing this <laughs> instead of thinking, oh my goodness, this is a natural process. There's, there's things that will actually unfold quite naturally um, given the right conditions. And so once I, I started to realize that it wasn't actually about teaching, it was about facilitating learning. And it was more about how to create the conditions so that that learning could happen. And that then shifted it. It actually took me off the hook a little bit because uh, it wasn't all up to me. And, and it was about creating, uh, you know, creating a village, really, creating resources, some in person and some other resources to draw on uh, to help with that. Um, but it when we feel like we have to do it all ourselves and we have to do it the right way, that is what can be overwhelming. Definitely. So what would a typical school day at home look like and how do we keep our little ones on task? Ha <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that word typical. I think, oh, well, it really depends, right? <laughs> there is no, there's no typical that goes across the board because it depends on the ages of your children. It depends on your family situation. Um, I actually worked uh, from home for most of the years that I, I homeschooled. So I had to get creative with how I did this. And I would say that it, more importantly than what a typical day looks like, it's more what does the typical day include? 
And so when I think about homeschooling and I'm helping families with this and, and setting up their own routines, it's really about finding a rhythm that works for you. So finding a rhythm that works for your child and for the siblings and for you as a family. And so there's some really key pieces that need to go into the mix. And the, the, the work part is only part of it. <laughs> it's only actually a small part and, and actually can, um, um, can sometimes get in the way uh, because it's often where we get stuck. But it's about creating uh, opportunities for connection this is really important so the child gets filled up with those times with you. I did this mostly around reading and playing games. And actually most of our homeschooling came to those two things, reading and playing games. It's amazing how much you can do through this, um, through this process. And so time for connection is really important, whether it's just gathering with a meal or a snack, um, being able to bring the alarm down a little bit, uh, bring the child to rest. Um, some downtimes in the day are really important. Often our days are so full and, and so full of activity. Uh, when we have the opportunity to just slow it down a little bit, we actually end up being more productive because we create spaces for things to integrate, things to process. So often I would suggest, you know, after, after, after lunch, for instance, is there a time where, where we, they can listen to an audiobook or do draw quietly in their room or something like this so that it, it allows some space for something from the inside to come out of them where there's just some, or just to rest and just to find that place um, where the alarm can come down a bit. Um, and then on the other side of that, we want to make room for there to be some outlets for creativity and for act activity of, of, of the physical nature, of, uh, to get that emotional energy out, that physical energy out, whatever is building up for them. They need spaces for that. And, uh, and that can be hard. Um, if, if they're just on task all day, there's no room for that. They need to kind of get those wiggles out, you know, and that's how my daughter learned how to read at, at five, my youngest, she couldn't stay still. She learned to read while she was climbing over the couch and, and she would have been upside down on the ceiling if she could have been. Um, and that's how she processed. That's how she was able to take things in was through movement. And so those kinds of things actually help create that kind of space, the kind of conditions for when you actually have to um, perhaps uh, show that you are, are uh, you know, a worksheet or some kind of learning curriculum. But those, um, you can do these kinds of things creatively. And I think the, the best way, the best way that you can um, foster this kind of staying on task is if you can have a child uh, be engaged in their learning, have them be curious and interested. And this becomes the goal for me as when I was um, homeschooling my children, it was how do I get them interested in, in whatever the subject was? And if they had a choice, how do I foster that? How do I create um, the kind of resources that can feed into their interests? And I would often just kind of leave them lying around and they discover, you know, ooh, uh, a science encyclopedia. You know, one daughter that just loved science. Um, and, and so that was exciting for her. Others, it's, you know, it, whatever their interests are, how do we foster that? And so, it's not maybe the answer you were looking for in terms of what does the typical day look like, but I just want to encourage you to be creative with this. Find what works. 
for your family, find what works. Um, but building in those pieces for connection, for release, for downtime, um, for exploration, that will, um, that will actually allow um, whatever work needs to happen, you'll be more likely to have that. Yeah, I think with what you're saying, I think it's nice because it really gives parents permission to make it a little more relaxed. I think almost everybody's vision is their children are all sitting at the kitchen table in a row and, you know, heads are down and everybody's doing this, right? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and mom's, you know, bouncing between all the kids. And and that seems really scary because you're like, my kids aren't going to do that. Like, it's, So it, I think what you've said is just really gives parents permission to have it be a little more organic and a little more free. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Something that's been working in my house. My son likes to trace, you know, we're starting to learn to trace the number one and the number two and all of a sudden he's tired of it. So I started buying Paw Patrol, a different pencil and all of a sudden it brings more. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I want to trace again. I want to do this again, but it's <laughs> ongoing thinking how you can make things fun for them. And it- that's one thing that's been working in my house when it comes yeah. to, I mean, my kids are little, but it works. So it works well. And at any, any age, if you can make it fun, you know, I, I remember even in, in university, if I could find something fun about the paper, something that was interesting to me, then I was motivated to do it. And I remember my older daughter, she, she would go through workbooks and she loved names and drawing pictures. So she would go and change all the names and all the problems, you know, the math problems. And then she would draw little pictures to go with each of the scenes, you know, and that's what helped for her. And, and instead of saying, no, you're not allowed to do that. You need to just answer the questions. I was like, why not? Why not? It's, <laughs> there's no harm done. And, and at the end of the day, she was doing her math and, and, but it had to be playful. It had to be fun. And if there's not an inner motivation for it, um, you're going to have a fight on your hands. You're going to have a battle and then it just becomes, then you lose that connection and then you're back at square one and you're both pulling your hair up. That's difficult, right? So how do you juggle teaching children in different grades at the same time? <laughs> yeah, well, again, it's, it's, this is about um, stepping outside the box a little bit and thinking about uh, maybe teaching to, to uh, one subject. You know, you, I was thinking about when you, when you read, say, historical fiction and you're learning about the life of somebody in a different time and it's very engaging. Now, each child is going to actually take something different from that depending on their level. And so there are ways of actually engaging um, your children at the same time, even though they're in different places. Uh, I would often be reading books that were at my older daughter's level and the younger one just liked the sound of my voice and listening and she would just draw pictures while I was doing that and so finding something that you can do together but then also finding rhythms so that they can do things separately and that's part of building in your rhythm is one listening to an audiobook while you're sitting down and helping another one with something or are you just making yourself available at a certain time of the day to answer questions so they know they can come to you um, it's really a matter of finding, finding what works for you, but realizing there's no set way to do this. You don't have to stay within the confines of what they do in school because you, have, you actually have more at your disposal in terms of your learning environment and how, how you can be flexible with that. 
And it just maybe add one more thing with that is remembering that not everyone learns the same way. And so often we think we have to do things a certain way or they have to have their writing output. My youngest daughter couldn't write for the longest time and I was so worried at first. And then now I see her and, and she can write. It didn't come until she was about 14. But boy, when she started writing, um, it, it was there. And math too, it took a little bit longer, but now she's going into engineering. So, you know, she's doing calculus for fun. So obviously it caught up somewhere <laughs> along the way. And, and so often we're worried about getting it in in a certain time when it's more about when are they ready? When are they ready? When are they interested? Being able to do this at home gives us a whole lot of freedom, actually, to just creating some space and some room for it to happen, like you said, more organically. Cool. So now, how can we preserve our children's mental health when they're not getting the same social interactions that a public school would provide, especially now with COVID, right? Because it's not your typical homeschooling where you're able to kind of get together the same way either. So... Yes. Well, and I, I think here, um, we have to remember that sometimes stress can, or sometimes school can sometimes can be stressful for a child. And so sometimes those social interactions can actually cause more alarm and more stress. I know when my daughter was going to school um, in grade nine, she, she was going to the local high school and she said, just mom, I just don't want to be there at lunch. I, it, there's just too many people. It's too overwhelming. And so even though she did have her friends there that she liked to see, it was the school environment sometimes can be stressful. And so remembering that um, our children actually don't need to have that for them to be mentally and emotionally healthy. It's actually a great opportunity for us to step in as, as parents and to, to create a kind of connection, a kind of um, uh, build that relationship and also with those around them, um, grandparents, aunts, uncles, older cousins, other people who can be mentors in their life and who can intentionally um, be part of the learning process. And so it's a beautiful opportunity for some of those adult relationships or older relationships um, to be able to be fostered. And, and, and in terms of the mental health and emotional health, I would say one of the big things is being able to find those outlets. This is actually even more important than, than being with the friends is being able to find those places for what's inside of them to come out. How do we create some places for expression and creativity? Um, how do we create some places for them to um, start exploring through play and nature? Um, it's through art, you know, there's all these kinds of ways that we can do this and find that, that the social piece ends up happening um, somehow, you know, within the circles of family or, or maybe one other family that we are in the same bubble as and, and um, be able to share some things homeschooling wise. Um, it, it, you don't need quite as much of that as you think you do. Awesome. So Tamara, do you think, um, should we set up a designated homeschool space in our home? 
Well, it, it can be helpful. I know our, our homeschooling space was our kitchen table. <laughs> and so it's just usually that's where everyone gathers, right? That's where everything is. And, and I think with that, what you have to be careful about is then having somewhere like a bin or a basket for everything to go into afterwards. Um, we, each of my children had their own uh, set of tools, so to speak. So one, my youngest loved cutting things up and taping things. So hers had scissors and tape in it. And, and and uh, lots of markers um, and the other one loved to draw so so there was always things for that as well as their whatever they were working on um, when it comes time to eat you know and you have to like create some space at the table um, but you have to remember here that when you think about learning at home it's not just where you're sitting and working it's actually expand your your vision to the whole home is your classroom the world is your classroom you know walking down the street going to the 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 i guess we can't really go to the library right now but going to the library and picking them up the books up curbside you know and getting creative with this going to the park you know um we can still we can still hang out with the frogs you know we can we can do these kinds of things that help just sort of foster that that sense of um wonder and connection with their world and so it's yes it can be helpful to have some spaces that we know and are comfortable and we can work in but also recognizing that the learning doesn't it's not that it just happens there it happens when we live our lives it happens as we're um, making biscuits in the kitchen you know as we're whatever we're doing this is where learning can happen and that by the way is actually where my youngest daughter learned her fractions awesome <laughs> yeah so is homeschooling a better option for some children? Well, I, I, I like that you said for some children, because I really do think this is dependent on the child. I work in both schools and I, I work helping um, people who are, who are learning at home. Um, I've, I've had my children in school for some years and I've, I've home educated for many years. And so it really depends on what's best for the child. And so what you need to look at is what's going on for that child. And I'll just give you an example. When my oldest daughter was in kindergarten, we had never considered homeschooling. Uh, she was in kindergarten. She was at a wonderful country school. She had a wonderful teacher. It was a small school. She was incredibly shy, though, incredibly shy. It was really hard for her to be away from home. And we found that over the course of the year, we just saw her withdrawing more and more into herself. And we felt like we were losing touch with our daughter and who she was and all her love of learning was going away. And she became just almost like a shell of herself at five years old and very much concerned about her little friend at school and what was she doing and everything became about her. And we just kind of went, oh, what's going on? And, and, and the thought of her going to, to um, at that time, kindergarten was only half a day, but the thought of her going into grade one and being away a whole day felt like it was going to be too much for her. And so we thought, well, maybe we'll try. Actually, the irony is, as I was listening to a pod, a pod well, they weren't podcasts back then. It was a CBC uh, interview and listening. And, and my father happened to be on, um, Gordon Newfeld, and he was talking talking about homeschooling and how it was uh, could be an option. Um, and I thought, oh, hmm, maybe I should listen to this. <laughs> and, uh, so it's when I first started considering it. And what we did is we thought, we're just going to try it. 
we'll just try it. We'll bring her home. I had no idea what it looked like. I would be listening to this, um, you know, and trying to figure out what does homeschooling even look like? How do I, how do I teach her at home and how do I do this properly? And so we, we, we took her home uh, for grade one thinking that we were just going to try it. And she just thrived. She thrived in that environment of being at home, being able to have some room and some permission to, um, uh, to just take her time with things. She loved to sit for four hours working on something. Not my youngest. She did five-minute stints. But my oldest just loved to sit. And, and, um, and so we, we decided, oh, well, this is working for her. Well, then, then we'll try it again. And every year we did that. We said, is this still working for our child? And, and so sometimes school can be, uh, the alarm of school can get in the way of learning. And so if we can create, if we have that opportunity to create those kinds of conditions at home for that learning to happen, to set the stage for it, it's amazing. It's amazing what can happen. And, and so, and for my youngest, we decided pretty, pretty early on after about a month of kindergarten, it wasn't working for her. She needed to move. She was one of those children that just couldn't sit still. And uh, she was supposed to keep her legs, you know, not moving under the table and they couldn't, it, it was just very structured and, and it was too much for her. She loved learning. She loved all of those things, but it was, it was the structure that didn't work for her. And so we brought her home until we found another school that actually did work for her because it was in nature and, and it was right up her alley, you know? So, so it's finding what fits for your child. And this may be a mix of things. And it may be, like I mentioned before, that we bring other people in. It doesn't mean doing it yourself. It means facilitating the learning process, being able to take charge and say, okay, this is important. And I, I want to see that my child is in a healthy place. And I want to see that they're learning. You know, when my daughter, um, we were going to the local cafe and when I, she was skipping, I always remember this moment, she was skipping down the street towards this little cafe where we had hot chocolate and we read magic treehouse books. And she said, I love learning. And I just thought my, my heart just went, oh, thank goodness. This is amazing. Can we just hold on to this? Because I don't want you to lose this love of learning because that's what it's about. It's about creating and fostering a love of learning that, uh, that will stay with them and that will continue with them, whether they're at home just for a short time and they decide they're ready to go back to school or whether they end up staying with you for, for years as mine did. Um, but it's, it's looking at is, is everything still working for them? Are they still able to be engaged in their learning? Is their alarm down to the place where they can manage the world around them? So that's, that's my long answer to your short question. <laughs> I love it. It's really well answered. So Tamara, you have some great, a great article and some additional resources for our audience. To receive this, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. So Tamara, we can find you on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? 
Well, uh, you can try my website at tamarastrijack.ca. Um, I'm actually going to be developing some learning at home classes, uh, just short 30 minute classes for ideas and insight, and then um, time for questions. So that information would be on my website. I also work with the Newfeld Institute, as you mentioned, I'm the academic dean there and develop courses. I've got a homeschooling course there as well through the Institute. So if you go to the newfeldinstitute.org website, you can find me there. And also just um, wrote a book with a colleague of mine called Reclaiming Our Students, Why Our Children Are More Anxious, Aggressive and Shut Down Than Ever and What We Can Do About It. So it's basically a book about creating the conditions for learning. And um, so that would be if you want more on that too, that's there as well. And that is on reclaimingourstudents.com. That's a lot of websites. <laughs> But anyway, there's three different places you can find me. Oh, it's fantastic, Tamara. Thank you so much. Well, Heather and I would like to thank you for taking your time to be here and bringing so much value to all of us parents, helping us grow and be the best parents we can be. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and now also on YouTube at Parent Talk TV. Of course, you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and invite you to share it on your social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard. So remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for joining us and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.